Welcome to season three of the Immigrant Finance Podcast. This season, we're going to be going deep into talking about the things that can hold us back from really moving forward with our finances and getting on track in our journeys for building wealth. In the prior two seasons of the podcast, we have covered so many amazing topics. We've had such incredible guest speakers. There's a wealth of knowledge in there that's going to help you advance your finances. So make sure to check out the past episodes and get ready for season three. We're going to be jumping in even deeper, uncovering the the barriers that can really hold us back and taking things to the next level. Can't wait to see you there. Take care. Hello and welcome. It's Adina from the Immigrant Finance Podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Let me introduce myself for a second. I am an immigration attorney who's been practicing for nearly 10 years. I'm also an accredited financial counselor and a financial and business coach specializing in empowering immigrant families really move from surviving to thriving and build wealth and live to their fullest potential. I got involved in this work from a unique experience where I am actually not an immigrant myself, but my husband is, and I have gone through with him the whole experience and journey of what it looks like to come to this country and know nothing about finances and have no resources and what that can do to you personally and as a family. And what happened for us was Mal came here in 2013, and when he came, we really struggled about money for several years. And even as an immigration attorney, I couldn't find any information out there about how immigrant families could navigate the financial system. I didn't know whether he could have a bank account or a credit card or invest or whether he'd be able to have a mortgage or retirement fund someday as we thought about growing our lives together. And this was really hard and it caused a lot of anxiety and stress and overwhelm for us. We spent about the past 10 years really obsessively studying the intersection of the immigration system and the financial system and learning how they really work together, how people can navigate it, um, and first started sharing about what we were learning in 2018 on our website at immigrantfinance.com, which we would love for you to check out. We've got a ton of free, awesome resources that can be helpful up there. Um, And so once we started this website and started blogging about this topic and really seeing there was nothing out there on the whole internet, we knew that we we had something that was helping people and we knew that we needed to take that very seriously and expand it. So we have since grown the platform where we've now got this podcast, um, our YouTube channel, a ton of social media education content out there. You can check us out on various platforms. We've got a free Facebook group. Um, People can hang out and check out some of our trainings. And for those who are looking for more support, we have our signature immigrant finance school program where we really focus on helping immigrants learn how to do everything financially, regardless of their financial um, or immigrant situation. And we help people make massive financial shifts so they can move from surviving to thriving, to move from the paycheck to paycheck situation with no plan to having a plan 
to create lifetime wealth um, and to really move forward their goals and thrive. Um, this is something we are extremely passionate about doing, um, and it is our act of service to the world. And we hope to see more and more immigrants who are taking these steps, um, who are supporting each other and growing this amazing community so that we can see more immigrants building wealth. Our goal is to, over the next five years, help 1,000 immigrant families invest over $10 million together. So join us in this journey. Um, Let us know about what steps you're taking to move forward your finances share, you know, share out these episodes, share out our posts so that we can get the word out and encourage your family and friends to take steps to become more financially empowered because this world would look very different and our immigration laws and system would look very different. And frankly, the people who vote and determine the future of this country would look very different if more immigrants were financially stable and strong and building wealth. So thanks for joining us on the ride. And we can't wait to connect with you. Um, Always love hearing from our audience. So shoot us a message on Instagram at immigrant.finance. And we can't wait to connect. Enjoy the episode and take care. Hi, everyone. Let's talk today about what the number one strategy really is to build financial freedom. Now, to kick us off, for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Adina from Immigrant Finance. So happy to have you here and and joining us for this topic. Let's chat about first what is not the number one way that people are able to build financial freedom. Because there's a lot of things you might think it would be that you know, arguably are contenders and are important and all things that I would recommend of what I'm going to mention, but are not going to be the number one thing to move the needle, to change the game for you to actually put yourself in a position where you can be building wealth. So number one, saving. Saving is not going to help you build significant wealth and financial freedom for many reasons, the main one being that when you save money in a bank account, the money actually loses value every day due to inflation. Inflation means that your money loses on average 3% of value every year as the value of the dollar goes down, as the dollar gets worth less and less over time. And so the only way to really keep up with inflation, to, to you know, stay on par with it or even exceed it, is to be investing your money. So saving is not the number one strategy for financial freedom. Number two, investing. Um, probably at many points in this podcast and in talks I've given, you've probably heard me say that investing is not one of the number one ways for financial freedom. And I definitely do agree it's one of the number one ways, but it is not the number one way. So investing is absolutely important and there's many different kinds of investing. There's investing in the stock market, which we talk about a lot here. There's also investing in yourself, investing in real estate, investing in a business. These are all critical tools for building wealth and definitely up there in the list. But again, not number one, because even if I taught you to invest perfectly, 
or if you took investing super seriously and had a really powerful strategy, um, you would certainly get far, but it would be difficult to reach financial freedom without the number one strategy that I'm going to be speaking about being part of the mix. <clears throat> All right, number the three, the third thing that is not the number one strategy for financial freedom is let's see, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, making this up as I go. I have to be honest because there's so many different things you would think it is, right? So I would say the number three thing is not how much money you make, right? There are lots and lots of people out there who make a lot of money and they don't have a penny to their name because they don't know how to manage that money and hold on to that money and use that money wisely. I knew someone actually um, from where I grew up who ended up getting a very high paying job, making um, two or $300,000 a year salary, and he had $12 to his name, despite also growing up in a wealthy family because he had a gambling addiction and he didn't know how to manage his finances, right? So that's just an example of how like just just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to have financial freedom. And in fact, there are a lot of people who make very high salaries who do not have strong personal finance skills and actually don't have wealth to their name, again, for the same reason, because they were never taught how to manage it, right? So these are the some, some of the things that are not the number one thing for building financial freedom. But let's talk about what that number one thing is. Um, and again, I could probably debate and have really fun conversations with you all about what that number one thing should be. And my opinion may change. But today, as of the day of recording, my opinion is the number one thing is making decisions. Oh, yes, I said it. Making actual decisions. This is the number one strategy for financial freedom. And you may hear me say that and be like, what, Adina? Like, what does that have to do with finances? Like, come on, like that, I don't, you know, that, that can't be the number one thing. And I used to think that too, um, until I heard over and over various different people that I really respect who have, um, different perspectives on finances and business and wealth building and mindset, spirituality and all these areas, um, all kind of say at different points over the past year how incredibly powerful the 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 act of making a decision is. And I've been applying that lesson and testing it for over a year now. And I have also seen how powerful the results are when you learn to be someone who actually makes decisions. And when you get out of the analysis paralysis and the indecisiveness that can, that we can so easily fall into and just make decisions, um, let's talk a little bit about why this is so important. So first of all, this is something wealthy people understand very well. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm getting over our family um, all being sick recently, so I have a little bit of a cough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk about why this is important. So Wealthy people know super well how important decision-making is um, because they know that the time they waste being indecisive, right, are going back and forth and weighing the pros and cons um, and all of that and losing time and, and going into analysis paralysis and questioning things and doubting things 
they know that the time they lose doing that is more risky than the risk of making a potentially wrong decision. Um, now, that can only be true if you you can learn to be someone who who makes good decisions, but also we're all human. We can't always all make the right decision. So you, you do have to accept that being a decisive person and making decisions is going to mean having some risk of sometimes making the wrong decision. But that leads me to my next point of why this is so important, because when you put yourself in a position of just being decisive and making decisions, knowing sometimes it will be the wrong decision, that still gets you there faster to get to the place you want to be and, and to get to a place of success, because it's better sometimes to make the wrong decision and learn a lesson that can benefit you going forward than to have never made a decision at all and to have just lost time um, in indecisive land, right? So yes, sometimes our most powerful lessons that lead us to success later are from our failures. So this is something wealthy and successful people understand really well, that they learn so much from their life experiences and that, you know, there's very little we control very little we can control. Life has a lot of uncertainty. Um, and sometimes the best thing you can do is just make a decision, not knowing if it's the right one or where it's going to lead you, but knowing that it's going to move you forward and at least in a position where you're going to learn in a way that will benefit you from in the future compared to making no decision at all. And, losing time in that journey, right? Losing time that you could be making mistakes and having failures and learning lessons, right? And then having those lessons be guides for you. Um, And when you don't make a decision, that's actually a decision in itself. So that's something people don't think about too. And something I didn't think about until recently when one of my mentors pointed this out that a non-decision is also a decision, So if there's anything in your life that you are going back and forth on, being indecisive about, right, like just know that choosing to not make a decision is also a decision and that that is a choice and that you have the power and choice of making decisions. A lot of times when we have hard decisions, we think that we don't have you know, power in the situation, right? And that we're, we kind of put ourselves in this like helpless mode um, because we don't know what the right decision is, right? And that is a way where you can lose power, right? And um, lose agency over your life, lose control over your life. So a really um, important way to get to determine your future going forward and to hold on to your power and expand your power is to make decisions and not be lost in the land of indecision and not making decisions. Um, So I know this is maybe sounding a bit heady or academic because I'm just talking a lot about decision right now. And you may be like, where is this going? Again, I still don't get why it has to do with finances. So let's bring it home to finances. So this can come up with like everything with finances and oh man, have I been through this and continue to go through this with various things. Like, um, you know, in the beginning it can be like, 
you know, just I should I save? Should I budget? Should I pay off debt? Should I invest? Like, I just don't know where to start, right? Like, that alone can put people in analysis paralysis. And I talk to people all the time who are going through that, and they're in the beginning of their financial journey and they don't know where to start. And a lot of people give up then because they, they get overwhelmed by it and they just don't know what to do. When instead, you can just take the time to find some guidance, whether that's reading some free blogs out there, or listening to podcasts like this, or you know, reaching out and asking for support or taking courses, doing whatever is going to best serve you to get a little grounding beneath your feet to understand some of the basics and be able to take that first step so that you can at least pick one of those things. Um, Sometimes it's better to just, you know, pick one than pick none at all, right? And just start somewhere. It's, uh, there's an analogy I I always love um, referring to of if you are like drowning, lost at sea and, you know, you're treading water and trying to stay afloat and you're getting tired and you're running out of energy. At some point, if you don't know where land is, you just have to pick a direction and swim and like hope for the best because you have a higher chance of reaching land and surviving if you do that than if you just never pick a direction to swim and you just stay there treading water and eventually, you know, get tired and have to give up. So sometimes it's just picking a direction to swim and that can be the decision. I think that's a great analogy um, when it comes to finances or or anything where you have indecision. And another way can come up with finances is, you know, not knowing what you want to do in terms of your strategy for a particular goal with your finances. So maybe it's like budgeting and you're like hearing about all these different approaches to budgeting and there's different tools you can use and apps and spreadsheets people have. And, you know, some people are using envelopes and some people are writing down every single thing and some people are saving all their receipts and some people, um, you know, just do it in their head. Like some people use apps and automate it. So it can be easy to never start budgeting because you're not sure which one of those to do. So again, think of the treading water, just pick a direction to swim. And what I mentioned earlier about sometimes it's better to, to just try something and have, even if you fail, because you're going to learn from that lesson. So that's a lot of what it looked like for us when we first started budgeting. And we, when we first um, started exploring personal finance, we're like, we didn't know the best way to budget. We didn't know how to budget. Like, we were overwhelmed by all the different ways we were seeing online of how you could budget and what people's opinions were about that. So we just started picking some that intrigued us and like testing them and refining strategies and, you know, looking at the different tools and seeing what worked best for us, uh, which pretty much meant what is what was the most like effortless and and easy and save the most time, right? Uh, which is what we teach our students. Because who has time to like write down every transaction they make in an Excel sheet every week? You know, we were never going to do that. Um, yeah, so it's like just sometimes you got to test things out and that's okay. And that's that that's part of the journey of how you can figure out what works really well. Like we now have an amazing system for budgeting that we've really figured out from failures and trial and error and seeing 
what worked and didn't work um, that now works super well for us and works really well for a lot of our students. So it's just an example of like, you got to try somewhere. Same thing with investing. Um, that is definitely higher risk to do trial and error with, right? Because you can like lose money doing that. Um, so that is one thing I would say to focus more on finding a way to get more education and guidance about investing. Um, and then the overwhelm there can happen of like, who should I trust? You know, whose advice should I listen to? Like, should I pay a financial planner to, to manage my investments for me every year? Should I try to figure it out on my own? Like, um, should I watch all these YouTube videos at two in the morning and get really overwhelmed and give up? Like it's just, there's so many different options out there with investing as well. So with this, I would also say like, you know, focus on picking a decision that feels good to you and going with it and seeing how it goes. And you can always uh, modify, you can always iterate and go in a different direction if it's not working for you or if you're not, you know, if it's not resonating for you, the approach that you're learning. Um, but again, with investing, focus on making a decision about getting the education first so that you have a strategy and can be smart about it when you get started. So these are some ways that decision-making can be very, very important when it comes to finances. Um, and I wanted to share a couple statistics about you know, stepping back again, um, the importance of, of um, making decisions when it comes to finances um, and everything and being more decisive, right? So let's see, I had some stats pulled up. I'm just seeing where I have them in my notes. Here we go. Okay. So did you all know that <coughs> Americans spend on average about 3.1 hours per day watching TV more than any other activity besides sleeping. And we Americans waste an average 34 hours a week watching TV. This is data from the 2020 U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics American Time Use Survey. So that shows you right there, um, you know, how much time people are losing, you know, from watching TV that they could be using to advance their lives and learning about finance. And this is connected to being decisive because it's so easy when you're tired to just like give up and be overwhelmed and not spend time on your finances or to just like watch TV after working all day. I totally get that. I definitely have days like that. Um, definitely had a lot of days like that recently, especially with our toddler being sick, you know, um, but like sometimes you can just be make a decision and be like, okay, I'm going to spend like one of those 34 hours a week. I watch TV to learn about finances or I'm going to spend like one hour a day, you know, um, learning about finances instead of watching three hours of TV. I'll do like two hours of TV, one, one hour on finances that's a way you can just be decisive, like with your schedule and your time to just be like, I'm going to put me first and I'm going to prioritize myself so that I can get my finances in order, learn how to grow my money, you know, start a business. Like that's time you could be using to start a business that could get you to be able to leave your job or invest more, pay off debt more and do whatever it is to help you and your goals to build generational wealth. 
Um, let's also look at <coughs> the book, uh, some statistics from the book Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He has some very interesting data um, from a, a long time ago now, but studying wealthy, successful people back in the day. And he found that after analyzing 25,000 adults who had experienced failure, um, they had said that lack of decision was near the head of the list of the 30 major causes of failure. So of the 30 different ways studied where people experience a failure, lack of decision was at the top of the list, looking at $25,000, sorry, 25,000 adults. Um, so huge, huge thing that successful people are recognizing um, is getting in the way of their success is the lack of decision. So this applies to all areas of life, but definitely finances as well, because when you're, again, you're wishy-washy about, you know, should I budget? Should I not? Which budgeting tool should I use? Should I prioritize my finances? Should I not? Should I invest? Should I not? It's just having you lose time um, that could instead be used um, to build your success, right? You don't want that to be at the top of your list for why you have failures because of lack of decision, basically. Um, he also studied or referred to a study of several hundred people who had developed fortunes over $1 million. Um, at the time of this book, that was worth a lot more than that, right? Um, every single one said that they had the habit of reaching decisions promptly. Every single one of these wealthy people he studied said that they reached decisions promptly. And again, this is because wealthy people understand the power of decision-making. So I'll just share a quick personal example from the past um, two weeks to give you guys a real-life example because I'm always implementing and testing what I share with you all um, in my own life and in my family, right? And so um, I recently had a period, like we all do, of just like feeling tired. You know, we were getting sick, right? A lot, had a lot going on and was, um, you know, when, when that happens, the, all the mindset stuff gets hard too. Like you start questioning yourself and your work and insecurities can come up and the doubts, the fears, like they, they really come up when you start kind of getting off your A game and it can just really be a spiral. And I, um, was definitely in that. And I remembered like, how I had been hearing about in the past year from all these people I study and these mentors about how important it is to just be decisive. And I remembered how when I am not um, being my best, I get very indecisive. That's kind of like one of my red flags when I know I need to work on my mindset and my energy, maybe rest, you know, take some rest, take some me time. It, it's uh, often it's a sign usually that 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 work needs to be done when I start getting really indecisive about a lot of things, and I found myself in a position where I had like multiple things I was being indecisive about, everything from um, stuff in my job as an immigration attorney to decisions in growing immigrant finance, you know, different things we should invest in, um, you know, decisions about you know, uh, like 
childcare stuff and my daughter and being a mom and, you know, even really little things like what to make for her for dinner and stuff like that. I just was getting so indecisive. And so thankfully I caught it because I've been practicing this for a while now. I didn't catch it the first day. It was like, like a few days into this and I realized it. And I remember that one of the quickest hacks, one of the quickest ways to get out of that state when you're feeling the overwhelm and you're in the analysis paralysis and you're not feeling successful, right, is to start being decisive and start making decisions. So I looked at, you know, what were kind of the top things going on across all these different areas of my life where I was being super indecisive and I just picked some and I like sat with them and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make some decisions about these and it's okay if they're not the right decision. It's okay if they may be failures, but like I remembered everything I'm sharing in this talk now that making some decisions better than no decision. So I gave myself a little time window, you know, I gave myself some time to process and think about it and make decisions, but I capped that window. I said, I'm not going to keep going more days where I'm in indecisive land about these. I'm going to make a decision tonight. I gave the time to each thing, you know, not too long, and then made a decision, wrote it down. I wrote down my list of decisions and I committed to that. These are, these are my decisions and I have to um, honor these right now, right? And even if I'm, you know, having some anxiety or questioning if they're the right one, I'm having some doubt, I'm going to choose to go with it and, and be decisive. And that helped me start climbing out of that. So that's a really... Um, really valuable tool you all can walk away from after this talk right now of when you find yourself in those ruts, just like start getting decisive, look at the things that you're being indecisive about and then make some decisions, but also on a broader level for your journey of financial freedom and building generational wealth. Like think about with your finances, what can you be decisive about? What can you get out of analysis paralysis with? And make a decision to go forward in so that you can put yourself in a position where you are better off with your your financial game. Because that's going to be the way to move things forward and really reach your goals is making those decisions in the first place, right? If we don't make the decisions, we can't do the work to actually get there. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to implement when you don't have like the plan in the first place, right? So we got to make those decisions. We got to learn along the way. We got to put ourselves in positions where we have the opportunities to see how things are going to work out after we make decisions, what we can learn from it, what we can improve, all of that. Um, Hope this was helpful. If you all learned something today, um, let us know. Let us know what decisions you're going to be making this week and with your finances so we can cheer you on and support you. And as always, if you found this valuable, we would be so grateful if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It always helps us be able to reach and help more people. Thanks and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Immigrant Finance Podcast. And congrats to you for taking some time to invest in learning about finances. 
It is one of the most powerful steps you can take in your financial journey is just carving out the space and the time to prioritize it. It all gets easier from there. Um, If you found some value out of this episode, if you learned something, we would be so grateful if you could please share it with your friends or family and also go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. It would really help us be able to reach and help more people. Those algorithms do make a difference. There's two um, ways you can also deepen your journey when it comes to finances um, with immigrant finance that we would love to invite you to think about. The first is to go and join our private free community group um, over on Facebook. It's called Building Generational Wealth for Immigrant Families. And you can check it out at facebook.com slash groups slash immigrant finance. There's a bunch of free prior trainings we've done under the tab guides. Um, You will also be able to access future trainings that we have going forward and connect with other immigrants and their family members who are also focused on building wealth and building a better future for them and their families. The other way you can get started is by learning more about investing. Investing is one of the most powerful acts you can take to build wealth and to stop trading time for money and start building passive income and building wealth for the future. We have a free masterclass that is all about how immigrant families can get started investing And you can check it out over at investingmasterclass.immigrantfinance.com. Thanks, and we hope you have a great rest of your day.